Welcome to the uh, Friends of Cappy Hour. Took a couple weeks off, a little, uh, I guess if you want to call it vacation, um, from from talking. Uh, but, uh, you know, some sun, it's getting a little bit warmer. That's great. But we have to get back to uh, to the real life. And, you know, I think uh, this episode, especially com- coming back after two weeks, is, is pretty... It's, it'd be pretty cool. I mean, it's almost like a homecoming. I actually know Jason uh, Halford for a, a long time, I would say. Um, he's been in the business uh, a long time, and uh, I know we'll be able to share. Um, probably can't share a lot of stories. I might make him, you know, get into some stories because those are always fun. Um, but, uh, but, but obviously be able to, you know, help those that have been in it forever and those obviously that are just starting out. And that's what we kind of want to do is make sure that everyone uh, enjoys, uh, enjoys the show. So uh, without further ado, Jason, cheers to you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. And... Um, one thing I want to make sure uh, that uh, that we do is, uh, you know, kind of go over really the progression. I mean, you even start when you're in school. I mean, you know, what kind of the, the itch, especially into digital forensics, you know, where you got started, really what drove you there, um, some things in between, and then, you know, really, you know, what you're doing now. Well, um so I uh, always kind of got into computers at an early age. Uh, my father did computer programming. Um, when I was small, I used to play with boxes of punch cards. So, I mean, that's getting into the old schools of let's turn a switch on and then switch off in a row and make a letter. Um, I mean, that's binary at its core. So, uh, but, you know, always interested in computers. And then through high school, got into them a lot more. Read the uh, MS-DOS 5.0 manual cover to cover. So, that's sweet. You know, that was my first foray into an operating system. Um, my my main driver was as a uh, my penmanship is horrendous, um, and b I can't spell to save my life. And spell check, I, I was like, this is the most glorious thing I've ever seen. Word processing, what is this? I should have learned to type at that time. I never did do that. So my typing skills are also as horrendous as my handwriting, especially on a smartphone. Um, it looks like I'm typing gibberish. I had to backspace all the time. But uh, so I did that, got into college, started college uh, in getting into computers, um, went a couple years and had been doing some freelance computer IT stuff for a while. And uh, IT started hitting off, uh, actually became a career field. And then uh, certifications came out. I'm like, wow, look at these. These need a good idea. And then I saw the price tag and went, oh, I can't afford that. <laughs> I'm a college student. Um, and kind of got bit by the law enforcement bug while I was working a campus job. Um, went from being a librarian to working for the public safety department and really had always been interested in law enforcement. So as guys that were cops went to IT, I was like, well, there's vacancies. So I went the other way. Um, but when I got into my law enforcement career, uh, you know, I still kept my IT skills. Computers always worked on them, uh, did this and that. And, um, realized that there was this growing need for people to analyze evidence that was seized in a digital format. Um, I mean, I was working for a small department, um, and, but we had hooked up with a, an investigator that did the child uh, sex stings, the uh, traveler ops, as we called them, with the predators online in chat rooms. The internet was blowing up. Uh, people, the, the creepers had moved online, as we like to say, and uh, he was very good at it. And so in comes, you know, digital evidence. 
and then what to do with it. At the time, the state crime lab uh, had a phenomenal forensics program. Uh, several examiners, some extremely uh, smart people who I still talk with today. Um, and, uh, you know, we took everything there. But, you know, the problem with an open lab, as I later found on in my career, is that it gets busy and it gets backlogged. So my chief said, hey, you're good with computers. I mean, you wired the whole PD and uh, installed our infrastructure for us on your spare time. And uh, he's like, you want to do this? And uh, so I went to some training. Um, we got more involved with the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, uh, my partner that was doing the uh, traveler chat operations. And a um, few years in, uh, a position for forensics opened up full time with the Ohio Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. And I applied and I received that. So I went from a part-time patrolman to full-time investigator focused on digital forensics, peer-to-peer uh, -peer file sharing. Um, I met you at a uh, ICAC conference um, and uh, well, I'd talked to you previously through a mutual contact of ours here in Ohio a couple times, but got to meet you in person there in uh, was it Jacksonville, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, before the guy fell in the river. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I got to chat your ear off about uh, at what I saw things going to as you did phones. Um, you know, you were very well versed in something that I had really never even forayed into until I got into the uh, full time position. I didn't have access to a Celebrite. Now I'm talking not the current model that everybody knows and loves with all the fancy bells and whistles. I'm talking about the original little black box that exactly. took the contact list from phone and put it on a flash drive. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the one that I so you're dating you're, you're dating yourself. I try not to do that sometimes, but I, I well I do it all the time. I date myself, but yeah, uh, yeah. continue. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what made me real feel real bad. One day is I called to tech support, and uh, the gentleman on the other end, I gave him the serial number to him. He went, "Wow, that's old." <laughs> exactly. I was like, wow, oh, thank you. He's like, "Yeah, those serial numbers are way higher than that." I'm like, I just like, exactly. okay, well, does that mean it's broken? He's like, "No, I'll send you the update and the extra cables and the box." Right, needs. right, exactly. So uh, I was like, I just kind of looked at my the guys I was working with at the time and went, um, <laughs> "Have we been doing this this long?" And they both went, "Yes, yes, we have." <laughs> so um, and just kind of uh, got into a, the lab there at the ICAC, um, which Ohio ICAC stationed in Cleveland, Ohio. And um, the lab was open to all the partner agencies, which there was one in every county in Ohio. Um, and things just started flowing in. Um, you know, my old PD, I was using mostly open source tools, Linux as my operating system. Um, and my Windows tool was IEF and late at night emailing Jad like, hey, this didn't work. And then him responding back 20 minutes later going, oh, I'll look at that. And then me going, it's three in the morning. I work midnight. What are you doing up? But at the time, he was still a copper. Uh, he's like, well, I used to work late shift, too. He's like, but I'm stuck at home because I guess he was injured. And he's like, so I have nothing better to do. I'm awake. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that product, that was about one of my only automated tools. Everything else was uh, just autopsies. Autopsy really was a big help back then. Um, first early versions of that in Linux. And then just uh, using the power of the Linux operating system to image and then scan for texts and all those great open source early tools so um got access to some big tools like access data in case at icac and the automated tools made life a little easier but as the life got easier the volume got bigger uh, you know 
I, I looked today and I pulled a I pulled a hard drive recently, 14 terabytes, and I looked at somebody and went, I don't have a drive big enough to image this to, um, <laughs> even with compression, <laughs> if it's full. You hook it up, ah, there's only six and a half terabytes of data. I'm like, oh, I got a 10 terabyte drive, we're good. And, and I'm like, the other day I was throwing away hard drives, I pick one up, 120 gig. I'm like, myself, myself. Can you, know, you put this in my pocket? It's just like a thumb drive. Well, it was, it, was, it was a little bit big. It was three and a half inch hard drive, you know, a little heavy too. Yeah, yeah I, it's just, you know, I think back at the original training, uh, disk edit, using tools like disk edit to, you know, rebuild uh, fat tables on floppy disks. And then I ended up teaching that course several years later and uh, looking at the people in the class and go, we're going to have a demo of disk edit. Uh, I know it says in your book, we're all going to do this. I'm like, one, nobody has a floppy drive in their computer. Because, well, they don't make them anymore. And two, you're never, ever going to do this. Right. Had to bite my tongue. Uh, later that week with a search warrant, I seized 40 floppy disks and had to image them. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and I found uh, contraband on the drives from the 90s. I was like, this guy's been collecting this crap for a long time. Luckily, I had a USB, uh, IBM USB floppy drive. They went to an old ThinkPad. I had saved it and went, this might come in handy someday. I built a zip disk reader because the guy had zip disk too, found stuff on those. I'm like, man, we're digging in the weeds in this case. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was a, I think every piece of media I touched had something on it, unfortunately, in that case. But hey, you know, we caught him eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a dark web case. Uh, so. Yeah, so 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 what you've been obviously um, progressed through with the with the law enforcement side of it, and, you, and you're continuing on with the with the investigations. Um, so, do you think that obviously the background that you had in with with computers, or tinkering computers, with working with computers at I mean, really the operating system level, we start talking about especially with Linux and everything else, with you know utilizing the command line, is that is that something that obviously benefited you? as to what you're doing because you really progressed in, in utilizing from really messing around with it to really open source tools where you know obviously you have kind of the power and control to go over that so so how important is is it to you you know to to i guess explain to people who might be coming into this how important that might be uh, it is important. I mean, the, the background in IT obviously helped me with just uh, troubleshooting. It helps me with understanding possibly where artifacts are coming from, you know, and understanding the Microsoft culture. Um, I hate to say it, having read an operating system manual cover to cover when I was younger, I understood how DOS worked, um, you know, and then, that then evolving into the Windows 95, 98 platform and watching DOS go away, but noticing that it did and didn't, you know, um, the operating system is windows, but at its core, the commands, um, they still, the DOS commands work, obviously in command prompt. And even today they do Granted, PowerShell is a different animal, um, way more powerful and more Linux style commands. But yeah, having all that background, especially with the hardware and this and that understanding the, the, how data flows through a computer also can help. But the open source tools, I think, really in my early forensic career, having to manually do things really helps you to understand what, you know, the automated tools are great. Um, you know, again, they help speed things up. But um, at the end of the day, you need to know what it's doing. Yeah. You know, you yeah. need to understand what's going on in the background of the tool. 
so 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 that you know obviously I you know I said that not to freak people out that you know understanding at the operating system level because I I, I you know to get into forensics I, you know you don't want to scare people away and and it's not necessarily you have to know you know you have to actually be able to go oh, okay fantastic uh, I'm going to well weird I just wrote my own version um, you know of Linux and wow that's great you know it's it. To, to, to me, uh, you know, it's, it, it's more of understanding really artifacts, right? You know, utilizing automated tools is, is really great, but an automated tool, you, you have to go in and understand really where that artifact came from, right? How it was, you know, how it wound up landing on that media. I, you know, I would say that's the most important side of it, not necessarily understanding, okay, I know when this command was was ran this is exactly the side of this you know the kernel this you know i think that you know that's obviously might freak people out and though there are people that can do that but is 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 understanding really how those artifacts are you know are created and where they live the most important yeah i mean when i kind of instruct people with some of the forensics i tell them you know me, I'll look at some of the data all the way down to what I would call the microscopic level. I mean, I'll get it down to the binary. I've been doing this a long time. I was like, but for you, I mean, we can look at this a thousand foot level. Because what you need to know is, A, did you find data? Did you find what you need? Okay. B, where is it? And then how to get there? You know, the big thing is, is especially with, you know, we go back to my last uh, 10 years at the uh, ICAC. You know, when I would go to court in these cases, the, the only thing the defense would really bring up is, well, did his, the defendant intentionally download, save, share, uh, you know, this 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 media, the, these files, these images, these videos, you know, obviously production cases are a completely different story because that's a whole different world. But, you know, just the download guys, it's like you needed to kind of understand it got from point A to point B. And if it left point B, how, you know, if you found it, if you carve and you find it in allocated space, you know, then can you find an artifact that shows how long it lived in allocated space? And what did the user interact with with the file while it was active before it was deleted? Um, those are always very important. And that even works now, um, you know, in the position I'm in now, I, I do more network intrusion. So I've moved into the, you know, DFIR a little bit more into the incident response side of it, you know, and that's, you know, what we're doing more is we're pulling and doing log analysis and you know, memory analysis has been a big thing, um, you know, learning how to go through the RAM and then find these executables living in RAM, this malware that's kind of just hiding out in RAM space and then figure out how it got from got there and then what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge point because, you know, your or, or, or the point of is really almost the life cycle of your artifact, right? Because it, it's plausible that someone says, okay, yeah, here's this mobile device or, you know, whatever, if, you, if it's a computer. And, well, there's a smoking gun that I have sitting in this, you know, within or within this folder or, you know, whatever, or say a mobile device that that's weird. You know, there's a zip file, there's this thing that's on here, um, or Hey, there's CP that's on this memory, um, or actually on, um, this memory card. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. You're in possession of this and all right, well, yeah, granted you are, but now we need to dig into this. 
And all you got to say is, okay, so it's a, yeah, the Samsung device, yeah, it's a memory card that they placed in there. Um, so what device did it, I mean, did that device, did it come to that device? Did it land at the device? Or is it possible that the guy says, oh man, you know what? I need to put a memory card in here. So I grab my whatever, my friend's camera or whatever, and I put something in there or I take it out of this drone. You know, it's, it, it might existed from another device, right? So, I mean, how important it is it, just to say, okay, fantastic. I ran this thing. I have this data, but really understanding the metadata. How did it, how did it get there? And that's the point that you made about log files, especially on if you talk about Windows boxes or event logs or anything else. And log files on mobile devices are extremely important. But what's a percentage of people that you think, especially at the mobile device level, that looks at, say, the, the log files that are created by an Android device? Um, you know, your basic investigators and stuff, probably not a lot, um, you know, because they're looking for that smoking gun. They're looking for that text message. They're looking for that phone call record or, you know, um, those pictures or the video that was taken. I mean, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's the picture, um, you know, or there's the video or the location data. Oh, well, you know, the phone says it was at the crime scene at the time of the crime right but the phone in the exact same line also says it was halfway around the world two milliseconds later <laughs> um and you know and i get those questions like well how is the phone in 45 locations at once i'm like well you have an apple device and apple likes to upload information and location data to their devices via the cloud so that you have a finder easier time finding things like hotspots and all the fun stuff that apple likes to make your life easy which makes, unfortunately, in the forensics field, Apple's making people's life easy makes sometimes our life hard because we see what look like low-hanging fruit or gleaning artifacts of, hey, okay, this is going to be an easy exam. And then you, you see where it came from. You're like, well, no, no, it's not because that's totally worthless. That is not even this device recording its own location. That is Apple force-feeding it information so that when the location pings in finally into the device, if it's off or... Maybe it's in their pocket and it's not getting enough GPS signal. But when it pops up and can say, hey, by the way, the Apple store is 22.2 miles away and there are two cafes, a parking garage, and in your area, would you like to walk to a museum? <laughs> you know, right, the right. smartphone things that make our life nice. And Android does it now, too. Um, I have an Android device. And if I pull up Google Maps, I mean, you know, it's very it, it's that, hey, the smart of our smart devices. I mean, smart watch, same thing. Your Internet of Things devices. I mean, everything to make your life easier. It's like, where does that data come from? Yeah. Does the data come from the device? Was the data user interacted data? Or is this data come from a cloud, from a provider, from an app? And that's really the granular level where the logs really do help. Um, in, in, in especially in mobile, uh, Android, the log files are, you know, really important. Uh, I've had it come up in some cases where defense, said, you know, defense experts have looked at things and said, well, we see that this artifact that was given um, shows it came from here. And here is a cloud or not a user interaction. And it was an easy thing to overcome because what had happened is when I generated the report in that case, the tool had found that artifact in multiple locations, but only spit out one. Yeah. And stack them. Um, I was like, well, I forgot to uncheck a box. Let me regenerate that. <laughs> you know, but it makes you take a step back and go, oh, yeah, 
you know. Well, the interesting thing, you know, obviously about shared resources, because a lot of apps like to share with each other. Obviously, it's permission based, right? And they like to share if you allow them. Okay, yeah, I need to share this with WhatsApp, my contacts, or you know, um, or my photo bin, or whatever that you're going to do is share within third-party apps. It's quite interesting because a lot of automated tools will do exactly that. Is that you know, you'll find the artifact within, say, that third-party app, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? Now i got to figure out exactly, yeah, I have this. Or, hey, yeah, I know that they use WhatsApp to do this. But if you start looking at it, you're like, oh, dude, Foursquare, actually, you know, there's this map on here. They actually used this other third-party app if you have, look at the path, right, of exactly where that lives or that image or that thumbnail, where that's from. It's a completely different app, right? because they wind up sharing their resources. Um, so let me go back just really quick um, with, you know, obviously talking about, and, and I mean, I, I think your progression is similar to mine of really handling and doing computer forensics and really getting into and diving into computers or finding those different types of artifacts on, on, on computers. But has, has your life progressed to the mobile device side of it? Or is it still, I mean, oh, I get all these computers and have to do computers. Um, so I left, the, when I left the ICAC, um, in 2020, um, right before the uh, pandemic shut everything down, um, it's a great time to change jobs right before everything gets locked down due to uh, global viruses, uh, makes, uh, makes that transition real smooth. It does. Yes. yes yeah. My, yeah. My, my, my new employer is still processing paperwork from a year ago, uh, because they were working from home. So things are getting filed. I'm getting notifications and I'm like, Wait, what? Like, hey, do I still, I do work here, right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh, am I still a probationary employee? I was told it was only a year, and I've been here a year since last February, but exactly. it's like May, and then just yeah, it's like it's, it's one of those things that the world just kind of actually has stopped spinning. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, that year didn't exist. So, you know, in the history books, you know, what does it go from 2019, um, March time, uh, February time, to now 2021? Yeah, and I don't know if they've even picked it up yet because uh, I, I no, don't... it's still not spinning. Now our office uh, is still uh, only a twenty-five percent capacity, even though everyone here is fully vaccinated. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, hmm, you know, yeah. work from home that the most you can. Yeah. yeah. So let's not digress down that path. Yeah. I have way too many opinions. So, um, but, uh, so it, on it, the computer side. Yeah, the computer side, um, I do get the computers. Um, obviously, doing intrusions, those are mostly going to be computers, um, endpoint. But the most of my day is spent in the mobile world. Um, I don't get a ton of intrusion stuff at the moment. Uh, we were trying to actually build some relationships before the pandemic set off with some uh, local resources to offer our services to them. That never happened, obviously. Uh, we're, so we're in that process again now to say, hey, we have these abilities and skills because uh, I actually have two other agents trained in incident response as well that work here. Um, so, but our place, we do a lot of phones because we have access to the advanced tools from several of the larger companies for unlocking phones. And so we do that for some local agencies. Um, and I spend most of my day hacking into phones. Um, so 90% of my cases are mobile phones. Uh, you can't see it, but if I tell the camera down, you would see the four and a half foot line of phones I have extracted in the last week that I'm now trying to process right. and then get out to, uh, investigators to do some analysis. Um, some of these are great. They're for other forensic guys. You know, we're just providing the service of, Hey, we'll extract the data. Um, 
And before- yeah, so that's a question. Um, you know, obviously the other jurisdictions that don't uh, or aren't aren't able or you know other um, other other parts of uh, of of your agency is 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 it hey uh, okay here's the device unlocked it or is it more of hey here is the output and now you do the analysis or do you do the analysis for them as well? It depends on uh, who makes the request. Um, you know, other offices that have trained examiners. No, it's just here's the extraction of the data. Here's your raw data. They have all the other tools. They have the automated tools from all the right. companies, um, and you know, or open source whatever the examiner's used to. Now, if they hit a if they hit a hard point, you know, sometimes they'll call back and look for pointers. I, I you know, I, I get that every once in a while. Like, hey, when I went through the data. I've seen this and I have the original data so I can too pull it up and help them with some analysis. I do that from time to time. And then right. I do get investigators and bring things in and say, hey, can you do a full analysis on this? Which I will then do. Um, the majority of the phones is just extract the data and uh, get it back because it's just an examiner needing assist because the tool that they have can't do it. Uh, right. Or the tools they have access to can't do it. So we have these tools here readily available for you know, them to use. If they're local, they just come and use it themselves. Um, you know, we train them on it and say, hey, there you go. They just call and say, hey, can I come use that? Yep, sure, have at it. Um, and then, you know, we have plenty of other casework we'll keep cranking around on. Uh, for people that are further out, hey, can I send this to you? And sure, and we'll go ahead and get the data for them and get it back to them so they can then process it with their tools and do their analysis and so on and so forth. So with the mobile devices, I guess during this this last year, year and a half type, have you seen an increase in um, in in say a mobile device or, or the, the evidence pieces of evidence that you're receiving, or is it about the same? Um, I mean, what has has it been different? Um, as, as word got around for what we do, uh, got around, we started in late 2018, so all of 2019. Um, you know, our agency does put this out to all of our partners and the locals and stuff. We cover three states, so um, of partner agencies with my agency here, they can send us stuff. And yeah, it has increased. We're averaging, we were averaging 10, 20 devices a month. Um, now we're running about 50 mm. incoming a month. Um, mm -hmm. So. Now that we've got a couple agents coming back, our campaign's obviously over, um, so the agents are back in the building. We're trying to get a few of them trained up in the mobile device forensics, um, and so they can then start help pulling the load while myself and my partner here in the lab can then continue to work analysis, because analysis does suffer sometimes when your backlog is sure. 80 or 90 mobile devices deep. Uh, we actually ran out of room in our storage area uh, not too long ago, so it, it was bad. I counted probably a hundred devices in there waiting, um, and more were coming in. So, <laughs> so, so that brings up that brings up a question of mine is you know obviously, and I I kind of knew the answer of of the you know has it slowed down because obviously it hasn't. Um, people are still using mobile devices, if not more. Um, but 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 do you think that the examination or you know really i don't want to say the art do you think that the examinations are because there's so much so many mobile devices coming in to all these different agencies not just your own um that it becomes just give me a tool that can triage this i have to go through this quickly because i have to get on to the next um case 
No, I actually um, at the ICAC, it, it it's generating our own cases and then helping other agencies with theirs. It was it felt that way. I mean, even in our own cases, um, we had um, the Ohio ICAC has two mobile forensics labs um, that I helped to design and then I drove um, that we would use for search warrants. Um, so the goal there was is we hit a we do a search warrant. And we get into the home or get into the location, bring out the digital evidence. And in the front was myself, another forensic examiner. We had um, not as strong as your standard forensic tower, but still decent enough to run a triage tool. Um, my favorite for computers was Forensic Explorer. It was NK6, but then it kind of you know wasn't supported anymore. So I've, I flipped to Forensic Explorer because uh, it let me in the file system really fast. You know, and in that peer-to-peer investigation, ICACI world, I've been doing it for so long. I mean, I knew exactly where I was going. Right. You know, and then uh, until uTorrent decided it's going to run in um, the app data space and then basically not install itself and just kind of run in the background and not store some crap. But I did find its log files eventually. It was kind of like your uh, in-private browsing. It just right. liked to dump crap off. So I'm like, eh, great. Now i got a card for my logs. This sucks. But... We would go and, you know, just to get that triage. And I would generate triage reports in the mobile lab and save them to a flash drive to send straight down for charging if we were to make an arrest of an offender. Um, and I, I had a lot of cases going just on those triages, and I would get somebody to ask a question. Or then the, the prosecutor would be like, oh, well, the defense has raised this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, yeah, you charged him on a triage. You know, this was down dirty in 15 minutes just – you know, probable cause that this, you know, we got the right person or cooperating the story. Cause I could hear the interview cause it was right next to me. And we had a little interview room in this truck that had cameras and audio in it. You know, so I'm listening to the guy that talking to the suspect and this and that cooperating information, or if they're lying, show that they were lying. So the investigator could really, you know, uh, the interviewer could do his job or her job correctly. And, um, you know, to, to try and resolve these cases quickly. Cause I mean, obviously when you're dealing with the ICAC world, you'd, so it's pretty heinous stuff. So it was just, it was great. But I started seeing, and I've been seeing a lot of that happening that, you know, it's like, well, here, like you said, here's the smoking guns. Um, they throw into a report and then they walk away from it. And it's just like, okay, but did you do a little bit? It's okay to just find the smoking gun. I mean, if that's all your, if your case is, and this is what you're focused on. It's okay to focus on your case, especially if your search warrant is, we have a specificity requirement in the state of Ohio for state cases of what you're looking for. And if you go beyond that scope, and, and this this also provides in the e-discovery world, more so in the civil world, because you're given a limited scope right. of liability in, in your cases, because I've done some e-discovery cases, you know, you can see something else because obviously we have all the data, but you've got to focus here. You can't widen that view. Uh, so, and it started happening in our criminal cases as well. It's like, listen, this case is based on this. You know, if you see narcotics or you see drug trafficking or human trafficking or something else, you're going to need to do what I'd also trained other officers to do if they were working like a narcotics case and they found uh, child pornography. Uh, you know, okay, well, you got to stop. You know, or if I was doing the exam form, oh, yep, there's that. But, um, you know, my stuff set up for scanning for child pornography and it was doing it automatically based on hash values and it found some on your case. You know, and I did verify it. So now I've got to stop that. I, here's your narcotics information. 
Um, but this is also here and, you know, we have to get a new warrant. And I got in a very, um, the court started kind of, and they, they're continuing, I'm seeing this a lot more around the country, you know, here, it, it's not as bad here as it is per se in California or out West, some of the guys I know out there where it's like, listen, this case is, this involves this to the point where, um, if it, it's like you were saying, like, I know it's in WhatsApp. Um, I know this case is based on messages in WhatsApp. They're only wanting to let them pull the WhatsApp data. Like, you know, and some of the tools are offering selective extractions now because of things like that. I'm um, like, okay, well, here's the WhatsApp information that we found. That's it. Yeah. To me, to and you know, again, it's I, I agree with I agree with you. I think that um, a lot of a lot of things have come down and I'm not faulting anything. I mean, we're talking about devices that, you know, can, you know, a, a, a terabyte SD card. I mean, we're talking lots of information that someone can still have on uh, well on now on a mobile device. Right. But, but unfortunately, if I'm a bad guy, um, I can tell you right now, it's not going to be in WhatsApp. It's not going to be, it's, you know, all these different games or all these different. And, and so it, it, it comes down to the thing of you're like going, what do you do? Because, you know, I've always been on the soapbox of man, it's great. You got to go and you have to set up, you have to make sure that you you know what you're looking for. But the problem that you have is just like you said, is to, you know, there's one, the guy comes in and brings another mobile device and says, Hey, you need to go and look at this now because we have this, right? It's, it's, it's always, it's, it's not going away. And but but my fear, obviously, is that it becomes so watered down in the examination. It simply becomes a utilization of an automated tool to tell me what is there. And I'm not faulting any automated tools. You know, it, it's it's just that a third party app comes out tomorrow. You know, uh, you know, if, if I have that file system, file system is available. I should be able to find what I'm looking for, whether or not an automated tool uh, is going to is going to parse that information out but i just i don't think and i'm starting to see a lot more and i actually had a conversation on twitter um but i you know I'm, I'm starting to see a lot more examiners that are going heck yeah i know how to do that and i love doing that but i still see the other side of it is like i don't have enough time you know what either i'm on patrol i'm doing this part-time um you know for my cid guys who asked me to do this it's and, and honestly, I think the majority of law enforcement agencies, if you talk about our state and local type guys, that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing two things, yeah. you know, and, and, and so it's how do we fix that? Do you have that? Do you have that fixed, Jason? I, I don't. Um, you know, unfortunately, when I was a patrolman, I mean, I worked late shifts and the chief was like, well, you can do forensics because the town I worked in had didn't even have a traffic light. Um, you know, I patrolled a small village in a rural area, you know, after about 2 a.m. when the bars were closed and I was done with them, you know, you count the number of cars coming through before the morning rush on one hand. Yeah. So at that point, he's like, hey, you can go back to station and this and that. And so I'd set things off processing or scanning and I'd go back and start doing the analysis back then, you know, for that couple hour period before I had to go back out because the kids are going to school or, you know, whatever I was doing. Of course, I worked a lot of weekends, too, so I didn't have that. But, you know, or before the end of the shift, you know, I do what I could. Um, you know, the nice thing with the uh, the ICAC unit was um, I wasn't a police officer. I'm still a peace officer. It's a police officer in Ohio. Uh, but I was a prosecutor investigator. So there was no patrol division in my agency. 
for me to when when somebody got hurt or something happened or there was a cutback, you know, uh, or, or the union was having an issue. There was no oh well, I you got to hit the street, you know. So I got to stick with the forensics. Um, and I saw that happening in our partner agencies all the time. Guys I knew that were doing forensics 50% of the time are not doing it 25% of the time. Um, and now it's just like, yeah, I, you know, I got to put back to the street. Or for me to take the sergeant's test, I've got to go back to patrol. I got to leave the bureau. I can't be a detective to get a promotion. And, you know, you can't fault a guy for wanting to make more money and move up in the department. And, and I think, you know, here, you know, I, I've moved to a federal side now. I mean, here it's it, the nice thing is, is it's like we need to train analysts. I think we need examiners, analysts. Yeah. Um, the tools, the automated tools do a really good job of getting the information off the device. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I started, you imaged a thing, you, you grabbed your right blocker, you plugged it into your tower. You know, you had your work drive in your tower and you fired up FTK Imager. Or if you're in Linux, you did a DD. Um, you know, or you used in case, you know, you, you got something running, it made that copy, it made that image, that bit for bit copy of the hard drive. And it dumped it into usually, you know, most people use EO one for compression, safe space, or you use a raw, whatever, you know, your flavor of the day. And that was fine, you know, and then you process that and this and that, you know, I now have a TX one, um, you know, it, it's an all in one imaging device and the thing is glorious. I mean, it's a phenomenal piece of equipment. We also have the TD3, which since we got the TX1s have since been relegated back to their case and kicked into a corner because it was a nightmare. Um, you know, but the TX1's great because now I can image a device, walk away from it, go do something else. Mm -hmm. And I, I, the training wise for me um, is can we train people to hook something to a box and hit a button? Totally. So let's train the young guys that maybe don't need, they're not going to ever do the exams. They're not into the forensics, but we can still train them how to, you know, get the device and get the data because the tool is automated because it is literally, hey, hit a button. And if it doesn't work, then they can bring it to the examiner. Hey, this didn't work when I hit the button, you know, yeah, or somebody's a little bit more versed in it, maybe can be around. And then that way the data is done and they can bring that it take that step out. And honestly, I've seen a couple of places starting to work a flow. Uh, it's coming down to workflow is, you know, um, for me, you, you know, we started with computers. We do computers. We've done phones. And I don't know if you've been messing with drones, but you can do a drone. And yeah, I know you've done GPS units and, you know, and then skimmers and, you know, there's the in-vehicle forensics with the infotainment systems now. And all that stuff's great, DVR units. It's great to know all of it, but it's getting to the point now for me, and I've seen a lot of these doing this, where this guy is a computer guy. He does their computers. This is our phone guy, which needs to be phone guys, because that's what's coming in the most. Because every, every interaction now, I mean, since probably, I mean, I don't know what you would think, but I'm thinking since about 2015 forwards, almost every law enforcement interaction, there's a smartphone. Oh, yeah. There's some type of smartphone involved. The person has one on them. There's one in the vehicle. There's just, you know, it, I get phones now that were found in abandoned cars. And now it's like, hey, this car was stolen and this phone was inside of it. Okay, you hook it up and it's a victim from another theft. Didn't belong to the bad guy, belonged to another victim somewhere. It's like, well, 
I don't think this is, <laughs> this is going to help you find the suspects, but uh, here's this poor person's property back. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. you still just did an examination, be it that could be a triage type examination to find out, oh, well, you know, here's the information from the phone. That's basic stuff, but it's still you spend time. And yeah. like you said, it's it's getting to the point where it's like that phone came in right next to a homicide and right next to a child abuse case and right next to a guy who's stealing millions of dollars from a charity. Right. You know, it's like, how do you pick and choose which ones? Yeah. To yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty important. Again, I, I and I liked your idea of, I mean, having more analysts because that's important. I think I, I think it, it all comes down to now. Sometimes the most difficult part is 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 doing the collection, right? Uh, where you start talking about, you know, uh, file based encryption, all that other all these other things, right, that you have. Um, so it becomes a little tricky, but, but I think that the, the most important part is, is the, is data, right? Yeah. Is actually being able to interpret the data. Um, you know, uh, you know, take obviously the, the tool because uh, again, it's extremely important, but it, it should be used as just that a tool, um, to, you know, kind of lead you into your analysis and examination, not necessarily as a report generator. Right. Yeah. So. I, and that, that's what I've always seen the automated tools as, you know, and and you and I still refer them as automated tools, having had to do some of this manually ourselves, like and, and still do um, the automated tools aren't perfect. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's been some articles about one of the larger mobile automated tools being hacked. Yeah. Uh, no proof of concept was given in the article, so it's really hard to say if the guy's just blowing smoke. Uh, my joke to the peers I was discussing it with was, is, well, maybe he caught a case and he's just trying to build a good defense. Uh, <laughs> Possible. Because <laughs> he's like, well, I, it could also corrupt previous reports. Right, right. Yeah. Like, well, if, yes. you know, if you know that tool, it's like, well, once you generate the report, you're pretty much done. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. So exactly. There's not much corruption so, done with a PDF. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I always like to leave people with too is is really asking the um, the, the guest because you know those artifacts. What I mean, what is something that you can leave? You know, maybe your favorite artifacts that that you know. Obviously, every examination and analysis is is different, right? Depending upon depending upon the case, but 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 typically there's a few artifacts that it doesn't matter really what case is that you kind of utilize those. And let's just talk about with mobile devices. I mean, what are, what are some artifacts that, you know, it doesn't matter Android, iOS, or, or, you know, or a mix of mixture of both. What are, what are some things that people just need to always be kind of looking into, um, for, for some nice nuggets? Um, you know, it, it came back to what you were saying earlier is the logs. Um, you know, yeah, most of the tools present the, the, the messaging, the, the, the communication. It, that's great. Um, oh, well, there, here it is. It's in this app. Well, that's fine. That's dandy. But my favorite artifacts now, now that we're getting into them easier, and, and even now that they're being automatically parsed out and presented in a better fashion in some of the tools now as well, is great, is that, okay, when was the, like, you know, when was the app in focus? Was it on the screen? Um, how long was this app on the screen? You know, it, it, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, I've had brought in, ca- you know, been brought in cases, thefts and this and that. And the person was smart enough to turn their phone off. 
you know, before committing said crime and then turning the phone back on after said crime. And the glorious thing is, is these phones record this or maybe they just want to leave the phone on, but they put it in airplane mode. You know, it's that it's that's those artifacts that the phone or it seems innocuous to most people as you use your phone. But for something like what we're doing, like, hey, I'm looking to see because it's like, oh, well, here's this conversation. But it happened three hours after the event. Why? You know, and, and I know in years past, it's like, well, I'm not sure. So let's go dig. And it's like, you know, the phones, the operating systems have evolved to record more information over the years. Android didn't record per se, at least not easily found sometimes when airplane was turned on or off. Um, you know, and that's a great thing. It's like, oh, you know, the location system was turned off here and turned back on here. That's why the phone jumped from A to B, but there's this huge time gap. Uh, timeline is a big one also. I, I think timeline analysis has always been kind of a, a great thing to have. Um, I remember when we started getting the timelines and the tools versus trying to just, you know, sort things by date and going, okay, well, this is here. Write that down on the notepad. All right, artifact, da 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 da, and then of course you have to write down sorted by created date, descending, you know, in the tool. It's like okay, artifact twenty two, and then artifact forty four. You know, it, it, it build that timeline. It's nice to see we can build a graphical timeline because building a graphical timeline in the past with a PowerPoint was not fun. Uh, it's always nice to have that chart show up at the uh, report side, uh, but. You know, like I said, the, the, the low-hanging fruit, the, you know, the obvious stuff, that, that the conversation you're looking for, or the pictures you're looking for, you know, even that location data, um, you know, it, it's great, but the stuff to support it for me has always been the better. Because then when I go write my narrative, um, I like to write my narratives to keep from going on the stand to testify in court. You know, I, I've, I've, I've played that since I started. Um, at the ICAC the try prevent having to go give testimony. I've done it many, many times, uh, but it's always nice to not have to, 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 to lay that out. So that basically the defendant and his counsel or her counsel can look at that data and say, Hey, listen, yeah, that's the artifact, but but then they keep reading and they're like, Oh, so the app was started at and was utilized in the foreground based on this record from the device for the 35 minutes during the event in which these messages were sent back and forth and the communication was made. You know, things like that really just kind of hammer home that you're not just clicking it on the screen and throwing it in the report. Right. You know, you, you understand where the device, where the data came from. This is user generated data. You know, because in, in a world where everybody has one, two cell phones, a smartwatch, their laptops interconnected, you know, in the Apple infrastructure, your MacBook's connected to your iPhone, connected to your iWatch, connected to your other Mac, you know, in the iCloud. And, and now in the Android infrastructure, at least, you know, from Samsung, you know, they're buddy-buddy with Microsoft. So now your Windows is hooked because Windows Phone died. Uh, you know, your Windows is hooked to your Android and you're getting that same type of pattern of life of data that your data can move in this circular fashion between all your devices. It's just nice to know that, hey, this data was generated here on the device I'm examining. It didn't come from the cloud. It didn't get generated like they're telling me, oh, that must have been so-and-so messing on my computer. Right. Oh, right. you know, it, it's nice to be able to just hammer that home when you do that, write that 
narrative. And I, I do still write out a lengthy narrative report. I don't just hand off the tools reports. I mean, and I say reports because I run things through multiple tools. Um, you know, I, I like to piece it together and I, I do like to make it somewhat prosecutor proof uh, or even defense proof. And the fact that I like to put it in clear text in case I get a non-text savvy prosecutor, defense attorney, or ultimately a jury or a judge. Right. Um, right. That's also the key. And that's where I think the IT background helped being able to take the jargon and the tech and then just bring it down to that level where somebody can read it and go, that's a little confusing, but I see where he's going with it. And it does make sense. And then I have a big glossary at the back of my report so they can look up the words. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, that's extremely important uh, to obviously take it in and especially the reporting side of it, um, because the expectation uh, you're like, yeah, OK, I'm going to you know, write this at this certain level just so that, you know, it, it's understandable um, because of then you're just going to be spending a lot more time trying to explain um, that rather than uh, obviously writing that. But, uh, man, covered a lot of stuff. Uh, I do appreciate, obviously the time that you spent, especially on, uh, on a Friday. Um, and I, I do appreciate everything that you do. And again, it's been a long time. So, Hey, once I'm sure I'll see you, um, here eventually when, um, things decide to open up. I never want to say go back to normal because I don't think it ever will, but, um, you know, possibly we shall see. But uh, I do appreciate uh, all uh, all the things that you do and continue uh, the great work. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And next time we will make sure that uh, we'll do some PowerPoints where you can you can show me all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Perfect. Excellent. Another uh, forensic happy hour down and in the books. Um, I mean. Uh, I, I think that the the point uh, you know that, we, that 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 Jason and myself and we we're trying to make is is really well a couple of points right one being that you don't necessarily have to you know um, live in the matrix to 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 forensics to understand say the operating system level but I think the 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 big takeaway is is really that love to get in the weeds I guess that would be the word right so to to the artifacts you know not, not simply relying on an automated tool, um, but but being able to justify right, justify the data that's that's presented to you by by the tool, and and also be able to understand how the data lives within, say, a third party app that might not be supported um, by a tool or parsed out. Because even if a tool supports a third party um, application, there might be some tables, there might be some you know some other information that's not necessarily parsed out. Um, I can most certainly testify to that. So, you know, make sure that you are diving in, looking into some of these things. I think that's the most important takeaway um, if, if you want to get into uh, into this world, into forensic side of it. And even if you're doing it right now, yeah, enjoy and, uh, you know, get into, I, I don't want to say the hex level, but, uh, you know, obviously understand the different formats, uh, log files, as we had talked about, you know, because it's just, it's just a machine. It has to remember what it's doing. So it writes notes. Uh, so I appreciate everyone's time again. We'll be back again next week. Um, and so look for that guest coming out on Tuesday. I appreciate it. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks. Mm -hmm.